Well, would you give the praise team a clap offering this morning? They do a great job. Thank you all. Thank you very much. This is a little weird for me. It's been eight and a half years since I've stood here, and it's been a while. I have a lot less hair, and uh, you all look so much younger and everything else, and uh, I think I've got about 13 more grandkids from the last time that I stood here, and three of them are down here right now, and uh, if Mark, my son, one of my sons, gets up and runs out, it's because the 22nd grandchild that we will have is on her way either today or tomorrow morning sometime. So he may have to leave in a hurry. It's not because he didn't like my sermon, okay? Uh, but it's because he's in an urgency there. Uh, I want to just thank uh, Ben for inviting me to come and uh, share this time uh, together. Uh, as you know, some of you know, the Lord has led Sally and I back to be a part here. And uh, it's kind of a, a blessing to share this type of life with you all. And we want to thank you all uh, for the prayers and, and concerns for our son. Uh, who was hit by a car up in Rhode Island on a conference there. And we do deeply appreciate that you all have been praying. He's doing much better. And uh, we have felt the prayers of, of the church family and the emails and everything. We just want to say thank you in regards to that. In regards to grandkids, uh, it's a blessing to have them. Uh, and I'm very thankful to them. Uh, I'm learning a lot from my sons. And uh, as they are raising their children... And uh, I'm watching them discipline their children. And one of the things that I hear them often say uh, when something kind of goes wrong, uh, they will look at them and they'll say, come to me. And they don't say that gently, by the way. I want you to know that, okay? It's with a tone. Come to me. And if that grandchild comes to Papa, usually the results are joyful and peaceful. If that grandchild rebels and does not come to Papa, you know the rest of the story, don't you? It's not the most pleasant thing. And we as grandparents hate it when they're carried out of the room and we hear, and then we hear crying because we as grandparents would probably forgive them already, you know, in regards to that. But out of that little lesson, I'm learning something because we have a papa also who often wants to say to you and me, come to me. In fact, he said that, and I want to share it with you out of this passage of Scripture. You don't even have to turn. I want you to just listen to it. It's only three verses, but here's what it says. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Anybody in the room Got one of those problems? Okay, you're honest. Thank you. <laughs> Any of you that are weary and heavy laden, and listen to what he promised. This is a promise. He says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and I'm gentle. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke fits perfectly, and the burden I give you is light. And you know what I love about that passage? A lot of things I love about it, but I noticed that he said that he is gentle and he's humble. And sometimes we're so afraid to come to the Father because we're afraid of what he's going to do. 
But he's always going to respond in a character that's characteristic of him. But we've got to be willing to hold on and come to him. A few months ago, Sally and I went down in Tennessee with one of our sons, and they did a vacation rental by owner that, on a lake and had his boat and a swimming pool and so forth. And so Brad took us out for a boat ride that day on the lake. And I learned a lesson, simple lesson. But I got down in the boat, and I realized at 68 years old, it was a little harder to climb up out of the boat. And so Brad, being the gentleman that he was, he reaches over and says, Dad, grab my hand. So I reached up and grabbed his hand like this. He said, no, grab me. Because, see, if I would have held on like this and I let go, I was a goner. Instead, he wanted me to hold his arm. And the reason is because when I held his arm, he held my arm. And in that process, had I slipped and let go, are you looking at it? He still had a hold of me. And I learned a simple little principle that day. Because you know what, folks? There's times in our journey, even though we're believers... We let go of depending upon him, but he's still got a hold of us. Are you with me? I learned a little lesson there. And so out of this passage of Scripture today, I feel like God's trying to say something to our church here. I think he's trying to say to us, out of the gentleness and humbleness of his heart, church, I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me. Now, understanding that phrase, I need to remember the meaning of what it is to come to him. If I'm going to come to him, that simply means that I have to believe in my papa to the point that I am willing to submit totally to his lordship. And if I'm going to submit totally to his lordship, then that requires me to no longer want my claim for my right for myself. We were born with a sin nature, in case you didn't know that. And when you and I come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, that sin nature is crucified on a cross. But oftentimes that sin nature has characteristics that come about through words that we say or expressions we have or anger that we express or thoughts that we have. And every time those things come at us called the sin nature, we can turn if we really realize the truth of his word and they can be crucified. We don't have to speak those words. We don't have to respond that way. We don't have to be angry. We don't have to be jealous. We don't have to be bitter. Come on, folks. Do you think that's the way God wants you and I to live? No. He went to a cross and he died on a cross in order that his spirit would have the fruit that would be fulfilled inside of us. And that fruit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and all those different precious gifts that is required there. So when the Lord Papa says, come to me, 
He is simply saying that you and I need to come to the point in our personal lives that we're willing to die to ourself and what we want and our claim and our righteousness and instead come to Him with what He wants and what He desires. And folks, the only way that can be happening in yours and my life is that we too have to come to a place of salvation. If you're seated in this room today and you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the first step that has to take place. This past week, Sally and I jumped in the car on the spur of the moment. Don't you love doing things on the spur of the moment? And said, let's go to the movie. And the movie we wanted to go see was the movie Unbroken. And Pure Flix has done a revision of it and brought the Christianity part into the movie. And it's a powerful movie, and I encourage you to do it. It's a Danbury. It's real cheap. Okay, You can go there now and see it, all right? But it's about an Olympic runner who got involved in World War II. And out of his result of being in World War II, he was abused and mistreated in terrible ways and somehow survived the war and was able to come out of it. But he came out of it with tremendous, tremendous memories and mental things that he had to deal with as of being abused and punished and beaten and so forth. When he got back home, he was trying to adjust to life, and he met a young lady, and he got married, and precious lady, a believer in the Lord, and they had a little baby together, but he was still trying to adjust and get a job and trying to find his way and find his place in life, and he turned to alcohol and turned to drinking, and he just was a mess. And out of his mouth came these words, I blame God for what happened to me in the war. And I think about that a lot because a lot of us often blame God for what happens to us in the journey. But the beauty of the movie was that somehow she convinced him to go to a Billy Graham crusade one night. And he goes and in anger of what was being preached and talked about, he jumps out and he runs out of the, out of the meeting. Rebelling against it. You know what he was really doing? I don't want to come to my papa that's what's going on and somehow through the leadership of the holy spirit i believe he got drawn to come back another night to that billy graham crusade and god began to speak to him and all of a sudden you begin to see it he began to yield his nature his sin nature his human nature it began to break down you could tell it in the movie it begins to break down it begins to open up his arms to the lord and all of a sudden, he gets up out of his seat and he walks to that altar and he falls down on his knees. And he gave his life to Jesus. He came to his papa. And as a result of that, his life got changed just like that. He got saved, his marriage was restored. And he grew up to be a man who loved God to follow God. Why in the world am I even telling you that story right now? Because folks, I think sometimes we forget how quick our God can correct the course. In our lives, in our family's lives, in a church life, in anybody's life. But the issue, the issue is that I need to remember the meaning Am I willing to come 
to the Father. That is required a big thing. And I've kind of touched on it already. It requires the removing of what I call the man inside of us. And what I mean by that is that we have to come to a place that something must happen in us first in order to come to Him. If there's something in your life right now that's holding you back from coming to the Father, then that something has to be dealt with. If there's something in your family that's holding your family from being united and in love, and believe me, there's a lot of families like that, then that something has to be dealt with. If there's something in a church that is holding us back in our own personal lives from coming to the Father and laying at His feet and letting Him make the decision, letting Him take control, then that something has to be dealt with before God will do what He can only do. You see, that young soldier, until he was willing to get on his knees to God and repent, God would not save him. And you know what, guys and gals? That's the struggle you and I face. We don't hear the word repent much anymore. Do you know that? We don't even hear the word revival much anymore. Have you noticed that? And man, when repentance takes place, revival comes in our hearts. Restoration is taking place. God's up to something in this church. I want you to know it, and I, I feel it. God's up to something in this church, but I want to tell you something, folks. I think he's waiting on you and me to deal with what's in here before he can do what he can do. A few months ago, I was conducting a funeral at Taylor Mill Funeral Home, which God's allowed me to have that ministry for a lot of families who don't have a pastor. When I walked into the office, the funeral director told me, he said, Gerald, you've got a very difficult situation on your hands today. We've got a dad who, a man who lost his wife, and he's got two daughters, and they won't even speak to each other. And I said, well, I appreciate you letting me know that. So I walk in, and I got ready to do the funeral, and sure enough, one of the daughters was on the front row with her dad. And the other daughter was all the way in the back. And one of the things that God leads me to share at funerals is about relationships. Because you know what? The older I get, guess what? I'm not taking cars, houses, bank accounts, clothes. I'm not taking any of this stuff to heaven with me. It's all going to stay here. But I'll tell you what I believe is eternal. What's eternal is my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And my relationships with others. You see, I'm old-fashioned enough to believe we're going to know each other when we get to heaven. Amen? And so if I can't walk across the street and talk to my brother or sister in Christ now what in the world is it going to be like in heaven I'll tell you what it's going to be like God's going to do a work inside of us and I'd rather even do it now before we get there wouldn't you amen 
And so I shared that about relationships. Relationship to Christ, relationship in the family, bringing it together. After the funeral, I finished and prayed. And you know the format of a funeral. They will then let people come and file by. So I walk over and I stand with the funeral director on the side in case anyone wants to talk to me or needs to talk to me. All the people had filed out except the two daughters and the dad. And all of a sudden, I saw revival. Because that daughter in the back realized that before God could do anything, he had, she had to do something inside of here, inside of her heart. And she went up to her sister. And she said to her sister, I am so sorry that I've hurt you. Will you please forgive me? And I watched revival as those two sisters put their arms around each other. I started weeping. I started crying because I was watching God Almighty do something that only God could do. And they embraced each other. And then the beauty was next. After they dealt with that, they turned to their papa, their dad. And that precious dad who lost his wife in that casket reached out and grabbed his two daughters and hugged them. And that family was instantly restored to where God wanted it to be. Wow. The removing of man. You know, folks, when you get down to it, is really what I'm holding in my heart worth keeping God back from doing what God wants to do? Absolutely not. In fact, if you want me to get honest with you, it's just daggum selfishness, isn't it? You not, might not like me saying that, but you can't fire me, so I'm going to say it anyway, all right? You can vote me out as a member. I just, you know, that's okay, but you can't fire me, so it's kind of free to say what you want to say today. But in all honesty, I'm just trying to plead with you as my brothers and sisters in Christ. Folks, Whatever's in here that's holding God back from doing what only God can do, and he's not going to do it until we get this out of here and lay it down at the altar and repent of it. And when that happens with us, then my friend, he is going to invade this place wonderfully. So what's the rewards of that? If you look at that scripture there, the rewards are, he says, I'll remove the heaviness and the weariness. Now I want to ask you a question. Would that be a blessing? Wouldn't that be a blessing? Take it away. That which we live under heaviness and burdens and weariness and all that stuff. He has the authority to take that off of us and that's what he did when he went to the cross he has that authority you and I don't have that authority only he does he's simply saying 
Come to Papa. Come to Papa. And then the next thing he says is a reward of it. He says, I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. Rest is a relief. It's freedom. It's a mental or spiritual calmness. It's confidence and trustfulness. It's something that is settled and fixed. I like that definition of it. Rest is something that is settled and fixed. In other words, God says, I can fix it. I can fix it. You know what, folks? In all honesty, why would we want any of us to fix it? Because if we fix it, we're going to take credit for it. But if he fixes it, he gets all the glory. And that's where we want the glory to be. Amen? That's where we want the glory to be. So I don't know if you've hearing my heart today. But some reason the Lord wanted me to share this simple message with us. And the simple message is to you and me. Would you come to Papa? Would you just come to Papa? And you see, coming to Papa means I got to look at him. Not at myself. Not at others. We get so wrapped up. And you know what the enemy, he loves to step in and get us to look to the right. Get us to look to the left. He loves us looking on this horizon instead of into the face of the Lord. I heard a pastor share this story. Maybe you've heard it before. There was a member in the church. Let's call him Bill. Your name's Bill. I'm not picking on you today, okay? But his, let's just say his name was Bill. Bill was, had, a, had a critical attitude about himself. He was always criticizing stuff at church. Didn't like the way this happened. Didn't like the way that was going on. I know you never run into that, amen? And uh, pastor told him, he said, Bill, I want, why don't you do something next Sunday? I want you to come and I want you to bring a glass of water. And I want you to walk around the entire church next Sunday when you're here with that glass of water in your hand. And I want you to try to not focus or try to not dr spill one drop of that water. Well, Bill, kind of cocky, raised his shoulders back. All right, I'll do that. So next Sunday, here comes Bill with a glass of water. I bet everybody wondered what in the world he was doing. So he walks around the church all morning, every room, everywhere he could go, gymnasium, all the education, everywhere he walked around. And afterwards, he came up to the pastor, swelled up cocky, and said, I didn't spill one drop. The pastor said, you want to know why? He said, no. He said, because you focused on one thing, on the water. Are you with me, church? If somehow we could get to the point that all we focused on is our papa, everything else is going to be all right. And the simple message today is am I willing to not look to the right or to the left? Brother, you need to. Sister, you need to. No, that's not what God's up to right now. God's saying, I need to look in my heart. And is there something in my heart 
that's keeping my father, my papa, from doing what only he can do in my life and through my life. And if it is, then I need to come to this altar and repent of it. Or I need to sit where I am and repent of it. Or I need to walk across the church to another aisle to find that brother or sister who I have wronged and ask them to forgive me. And my friend, if that happens, oh my, I don't know what God wants to do. But are we willing to let him do it? Would you join me in prayer? Father, I come to you right now. And I simply lift up our family here in this church room today. Brothers and sisters in Christ who love you. We come to you as our Papa. You have dressed us. You're begging us. You've reached out your hands to, for us to grab hold of you. And if we've let go in our attitudes or our hearts or our opinions or whatever. If we've sinned. If we have formed something inside of us that's not of you then I pray the Holy Spirit would just fall fresh on all of us. We would be compelled to repent of that, to come to you and ask you for forgiveness, to cleanse our hearts out. And Lord, if we need to go to someone else, that we would have the, the courage to go and, like that sister did to her sister and ask for forgiveness. Father, would you do it? Would you move in our hearts in this place right now? May we look inside of our heart and deal with what's there. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to join me in standing.